again to the Perimeter Church Podcast. We're pleased to bring you the message from this week's worship service. For more information about this message, this week's teacher, and to watch or see other messages, please visit our website at perimeter.org. We are taught this week by lead teacher Randy Pope. Thank you for joining us today. Let's get into the teaching of God's Word. Let me introduce it this way, this week. From the beginning of time, this has been mankind's, at least maybe not the, but one of the most important commodities for humanity. So much so that people have have literally killed others because they were denied it. Others have voluntarily, literally surrendered their, their lives to death in order to keep it. It's the thing that Cicero, the great Roman orator, said, nothing is sweeter than its light. Chaucer, the English poet, said, it's the highest thing a man can keep, and it's the hardest thing a man can keep. Now, if you're a part of the series, have been here in the past, you've probably already put two and two together and know that we're talking about truthfulness. Because we're in a series, for you that are new, it's a series on the Ten Commandments. We call it the lovable law because if there's anything I want our people to know, and particularly our young people, God's laws are good. We tend to think, why did God have to restrict us from that? And why did he tell us we can't do that? And this is enjoyable. I want to do that. Why does God? Why does God? Oh, no, 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 no. The law is good. It is to be loved. The lovable law. We're in... The ninth of the Ten Commandments today, many of you know that commandment. It has to do with lying. In fact, I'll put it up on the screen. Verse 16 of chapter 20 of Exodus is where we find it. It says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Proverbs 19.5 expresses it this way. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who tells lies will not escape. Strong words about those who would lie. Now, what I want to do is I want to address, as I've been doing in some form or fashion, I want to know the meaning. Let's make sure we understand what is the meaning of this law. But then, very importantly, what is the motive for God giving us this law? Why does he make such a big deal about this issue of false witness, or as we would call, lying? Let's look at the the meaning to begin with. The meaning. I'm going to suggest to you that all of the laws, I've said this over and over, all of the moral laws in God's Word, every one of them, can be cradled in one of the ten of the commandments as we know it. So the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of laws that are addressing the moral condition of life, all of those laws can fit under one of the ten. Now, you do have ceremonial law. Uh, You've got civil law that was given for the nation of Israel as a theocracy. And those laws are not included in what I'm saying here. But all the moral laws, we've talked about this in earlier weeks, all those laws are cradled in these ten. So you see this one statement, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And you think, well, that just means you shouldn't say something wrong about your neighbor. And there it goes. That's it. No, 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 no. We can put all of the laws that relate to this 
into this one commandment. So and help us to understand that. Let me help you think of it this way. What God is doing, he's prohibiting, yes, lying as we think about lying. I want to add to that distorting the truth, distortion, which I'm going to suggest certainly is lying, but it's just taking something and, and kind of twisting that truth just a little bit. It's not like something outright wrong, but it's, it's twisting it a bit. And then there's thirdly, exaggeration. Now, so you can remember those three, make it very simple for you. What is God requiring of his, of his people? Here they are. You shall tell the truth, number one. Number two, you shall tell the whole truth, number two. Number three, you shall tell nothing what? But the truth. There it is. It's simple to remember. What is cradling? Well, truth telling in every respect. I don't care what form or fashion in which we do not tell the truth, that is prohibited in this law. So that makes it pretty simple. Now, what I want to do is I want to unmask the prevalence of this particular violation of the law. Everybody here lies. We know that. There's not one person here that say, I've never, I've never told a lie. Here's what I'm going to predict, though. As we dig into this just a little bit, it's going to expose our hearts, and we're going to see that we lie a lot more than we realize. If your experience listening to this message is anything like my experience developing this message, it was extremely revealing for me. It may be for you. It showed me things in my heart that I thought, oh my goodness, you know what? I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, and, and what? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We had uh, some dear friends here with us that spent the night with us last night. They were in the early service going through some deep challenges in their family. Somebody who knew them came up. Hey, welcome. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you again. How's your family doing? This was right after the service. Well, I would say great because that's the way I always answer that, but uh, to be quite honest, it's not doing too good right now. Based on what I heard this morning, I think I better tell the truth. And there, there it was. <laughs> I mean, how many times? Routinely, all through the week. We don't, we're not necessarily truthful. Now, I don't want to make a big deal of, of things that are, are really not even an issue. I realize there are times that you say, hello, and how are you doing? Fine. You're walking. You can't. I understand that. But I'm talking about what's really in the heart where we are covering something. So let's talk, first of all, about telling the truth, just in general. The whole idea of what we call of lying. As we think about lying, I want to just share a few ways, in fact, five ways that are very common ways in which we violate telling the truth, just to kind of expose just for a little bit. But I want to do this afterwards. I'm going to say, now, here are five common reasons, but let's get to the underlying reason. There's one big, big, big reason that we would do any of these five. And as we expose what's in the hearts of all of us, I want you to understand that my, my, game, my goal in this whole thing is not that, hey, you might just leave feeling really, really bad. One of our elders, and I may have mentioned this in one of the services last week, I don't, uh, or two weeks ago, I don't know, but 
But uh, he came up to me and he said, hey, I really like this, ser this series. It's really been beneficial. He said, you know what I like about it the most? What's that? I just like how horrible I feel about me when I leave. <laughs> I said, that's the way to draw a crowd right there. You just make people feel bad. But I heard that and, and I'm ready to kind of, you know, interject the, no, 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 no. But before I said a word, he said, you know why I like that so much? Because it drives me right to Jesus. And I see the unusual grace that can cover the kind of sin that's in my heart. And I go, yes. Do you understand that's why I would do this? My goal is not to make anybody feel bad, except for the fact that it drives us to Jesus. I don't want anybody to see something that's not in their heart that's bad. But when it's there, what a great thing to see it. If we deal with it by taking it to Christ, I'll close on that in just a few minutes. Let's look at these common ways that are so typical. Number one, to impress others. That's, that's why we, we lie. In, in part, we just want to impress people. We want to uphold our reputation. How's your business going? How's the church going? How's your family doing? Oh, it's doing really good. Great year this year. Everything's been good. Well, we know it hasn't been. Perhaps. But after all, man, we have, to, we have to let people know we're not failures. I mean, after all, I've got to have you think well of me. If, if you think truthfully about me, then I don't think I'm going to get what I want from you. I want your admiration, if nothing else. Is that not the heart of all of us? Sure, and so we, we tend to sometimes not be so truthful just so we can impress others. Look at Facebook. Check what people are putting on Facebook. Carol and I were talking just this week about somebody posted something, and I'm not on Facebook, but, but I, I saw it, and, uh, and, and it, was, it was such that we went, we knew the story behind the, the situation there, and we went, wow, this would give you one impression that may not be reality, huh? How often is that the case? But we want people to think that we got it together, whether we do or don't. Number two, to make a profit. Uh, you know how many ways you could, you might be selling a car and, and you don't disclose everything. You kind of just kind of leave a little bit. Oh, well, has this car ever been in an automobile wreck? I mean, has it been in a wreck before? And no, it hadn't been in a wreck. Now, a few real bad, you know, fender benders, but I don't need to bring that up right now, you know. A few little this, that, and the other, but we might know it's not in, but, but for a profit, well, sure, we want to, we want to say what we need to say to get the profit. How about to hurt other people? Maybe because of jealousy, maybe even revenge. You know what it is to, to say things that we should have never said and we wouldn't have said, except there was something in us that said if we could hurt their reputation just a little bit. The lady that came to this church years ago, I just met her. That's all I did. I met her during the membership process. That was it. I don't know how I offended her. I don't know if I, I don't know what happened. But all I know is that I started having people come to me, multiple people saying, hey, I've heard some pretty bad, bad, bad things about you, Randy. I'm like, what? Well, you're stealing money from the church and you've done this and you've done that. And, I mean, they were horrible things. 
And I laughed. I said, where are you hearing that? Come on, you're not. No, this is what I've heard. Well, I'd say, well, where'd you hear it? And I heard this lady's name. And then the next person told me, this is what I heard. Where'd you hear that? From this lady. Well, three or four people had, were kind of given the same story. I said, whoa, I've got to contact this lady. So I called every person that had told me. I said, I want to know exactly what you said she said. And da, 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 da. I want to make sure I got this accurate. And I wrote it down. I had it sitting in front of my, my desk. I sat down and I called this lady. I said, I'm not accusing you of anything. But I, I do want you to know that I have come from multiple sources that you have told other people, them being the ones that received it, that you told them that I did and then I read one after the other. I knew she was going to say, oh, no, 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 that's, that's been, no, no, no. She says, that's right. <laughs> I said, you've been telling people I've done these things? I knew none were true. I said, you've been telling people? She said, yeah. I said, have you got any evidence to support anything that you've been saying? No. I said, well, why are you doing it? So people pray for you. I said, pray for me? I don't think I want prayer. What are you doing? Well, the point is, I don't know. I'm sure that I'd said something. Maybe she didn't lie. I don't know. But I'll tell you what. You can certainly hurt other people by what you say. Any of you been deeply hurt? I mean, deeply wounded by what somebody? I bet most of us have. Which is going to give us a little sight into why God would say, don't do it. Number four, to escape punishment. Oh, that starts with little kids, does it not? My, oh my, I, my memory, I remember one of our children, I never like to mention the names of any of my kids if I'm using an illustration because I just don't think it's fair to them. But when David was a little baby, <laughs> little kid, and uh, he, he came up to me after the nine o'clock and told me I, I owe him a quarter because I always have to give him a quarter when they were little kids if I use their name. But anyway, I forget what it was. Let's say it's a cookie and a cookie. There's something he had taken and he had it behind his back and I'd seen it. And I said, David, did you take a cookie? Nope. I said, so you did not take a cookie at all? No. Now, this is becoming fun to me now because I'm thinking, this is just impossible. I can't believe it. I said, well, let me just ask you, do you have a cookie behind your back? No. <laughs> so there's no cookie behind your back? No. So I pull his hand out. I said, what's that? That's a cookie? Where'd it come from? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we'll hang on to whatever it takes to try to, I, I'm just biding time. He's saying, I'm biding time. I don't want to be spanked. I know where this thing is headed. Well, of course, we start as kids and it just continues, does it not? But for bigger reasons to escape punishment. How about for convenience? Convenience. Well, we do it just to say, hey, I'm sorry, I, I'm not going to be able to make it. So, so sorry. I told you I'd be there, but I can't do that now. I can't make it. Well, there are times we can't make it, but how many times have you and I said something like that when the reality is, I don't want to make it. Something better has come up. I remember a time when I was grappling with the, this whole issue, and, and I was in Psalm, in Psalm 15, in verse 4, it says that a righteous man swears to his own hurt and does not change. And I get this phone call that every golfer wants to get. I'd like to invite you to play Augusta National. 
Oh, my goodness, when? They gave me the date. I look on my calendar. I had two commitments I'd made. Mm. And I started thinking of Psalm 15:4. I couldn't get away of it. I told my friend, I said, look, I, I hope I can say yes, but I'm going to have to call and see. I got a couple of other appointments that I have to, you know, check out. So I called him and I said, look, I, I want you to, I want to hear your heart. I don't want you to say, okay, but I've had a, something come up and I've got the opportunity to, to play this golf there and so forth. And, uh, you know, if, if this is that important to you, I promise you, and I mean this, I want to keep the commitment. I will keep the commitment. Everything's in me. No, 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 no. You know, both of them must have been golfers. They said, fine. In fact, you know what they told me? They said, in fact, I'm glad that you didn't miss that to meet with me because I wouldn't respect you. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? He said, anybody has that poor judgment to meet with me instead of going to play? I said, I wouldn't want to hear what you have to think about anything I'm asking you. So, <laughs> But the point is, we do have to remember we honor our words. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. But what's the underlying reason? What's the big reason? All oh, these are kind of the surface stuff. You know what it is, don't you? It's selfishness. What we're really saying is me. I am more important to me than honesty, truthfulness. You're being hurt, you being deceived, you being misled. Those things, as bad as they are, they're not as bad as me hurting me. And therefore, I'm going to protect me. That's all it is, is selfishness. And there's none of us that are not battling that painful problem of selfishness. You know, I confess the sins daily in my life, and I just get so tired of every day, Lord, selfishness. Oh, God, cleanse me of selfishness. That's at the heart of it all, isn't it? How about telling the whole truth? Now we're talking now about distortion of the truth, twisting truth for our own purpose. One person has put it this way. It's been said that those who tell white lies soon become colorblind. And a lot of truth to that. We have this little term, white lies. Kids know it. On Saturday night, we had some kids. I said, y'all know the term white lie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids know it from the very day. It's a white lie, so it's not as bad as other lies. It's just a white lie. Well, no, 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 no. That's not the way you do it. A lie is a lie. So what are some common reasons? I'll just put four of them real quick so we can move it fast. We distort what people say. We distort what God says. We distort what's true of other people. We distort what's true about ourselves. You think about those four, and they are ways in which all of us distort truth to some degree. I mean, that, that first one, what people say. We had this couple that, that uh, moved in our apartment complex when we were first here in Atlanta. And we, we, uh, we got to know them, and a strange couple. I mean, they had issues, a lot of issues. And we were trying to kind of befriend them and be with them. And so I'd just go down for a visit, kind of a pastoral call. They were coming to our church now. So we were enthused about them coming to this new little church we planted. And so I'd go down to meet with them. And boy, she's on this tear about all this stuff. And I said, what's wrong? What's going on? She said, I'm so mad. I said, what are you mad about? She said, no, I'm mad about people, what people do. And I'm saying, I said, well, what's the problem? She said, I just hate everybody. Well, I thought, well, here's a problem, exaggeration, you know? So I said, uh, well, no, let's not 
be too extreme. I mean, come on, you don't like hate everybody. She says, I hate, at some point I've hated everybody I've ever known. I said, really? Well, I thought I could just counter that one. I said, well, I mean, you don't hate me. She said, oh, yes, I do. <laughs> I said, you hate me? She said, I've been so mad at you all week long. I said, why? What did I do? You didn't do anything. It's what you said. I said, what did I say? It was in your sermon Sunday. I said, what did I say in my sermon? She told me what I said. Well, I didn't say that. I don't even believe what she said. I, couldn't, I heard that. I said, well, you're, you, you, you think I said that? She said, I know you said that in your sermon. Well, I pressed it a couple times. You kind of hate to call your parishioner a liar. That's not good, you know, to preachers to do. And I'm, so I'm trying to word it everywhere. So I finally said, so you mean you heard me with your own ears say those exact words? She said, well, I didn't. I wasn't there Sunday. <laughs> I said, well, where did you hear it? And I knew when I saw her husband's head go down like this. <laughs> she said, that's what he said you said. Well, he was covering himself, saying that I said something that was going to help him in his situation. So he just distorted what I said to help his own cause. Don't we do that in various forms and fashion? Sure we do. We distort what God says. Do you understand from the beginning of time? Read Genesis 3. It's an incredible text. And you may miss a little of the subtlety there. You know, the serpent it really is an embodiment of the father of lies, Satan himself. And so the discussion goes on there with Eve. You know what he says? He says that that we're not, to, we're not to take of any of the fruit of the garden. And she corrects him, and she says, no, there's one, only one, but we're not to eat of it nor touch it. God never said we, she couldn't touch it. But don't we take what God says and we twist it just a little bit? And sometimes we do that because we want to support our own belief system. I learned years ago, a person's morality will dictate their theology. We'll find God's word a way to turn it to be what we want it to say. And that's the very nature of man is to twist what God has said. We distort what other people say. We distort what's true of others. And we distort what's true of ourselves. Just recently, somebody was introducing me to a friend. And they said, yeah, this is Randy, da 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 and, and he played football at Alabama. I didn't play football at Alabama, but I really liked that. That sounded pretty good. <laughs> now, I corrected it in time, but I sat on it for just a little bit. I thought, <laughs> I mean, wh why would I do, why would I even wrestle? You know, my thought was, they said, well, I didn't say that. That's what he said, and I don't want to correct him in public. I mean, I could find all kinds of ways to be able to make somebody think higher of me as a better athlete than I really am. Why not just let it go? What is wrong with us? There's something in us that says, I've got to protect me. I've got to make me look better than I am. I just have to do that. Oh, it's an old nature of sin that resides within us. We'll battle it forever. There's good news coming in just a minute. But let's just hit the third. Not just tell the truth, the whole truth, but nothing but the truth. Nothing but the truth. Exaggeration. Watch out for embellishing stories for 
the nevers and the always that can bring pain in relationship. It split many a marriage, just exaggerating. You got a problem in your life, and I'm going to exaggerate it as much as I need to to get my point made and to make me feel better about me, and there goes a marriage. It's so easy. Watch out for Christian music. Watch out for testimonies of Christians. Words of one song, when I found Jesus, I found happiness all the time, wonderful peace of mind. That's a lie. <laughs> a lot of you found Jesus. Have you had happiness all the time? Peace of mind all the time? No. No, that's not true. If there's truth in it, but it's an exaggeration of truth. Flattery, another way. But we can flatter people and kind of bump up the how good it is and how, you know, just kind of pump it up a little bit. Makes them like you a lot more. Makes them feel good. No. All these expressions. Why the motive? Let's get to the motive. I think we relate now, do we not? Now, we got a selfish heart. We do have an issue here, but why does God make such a big deal about this? Do you know that in Acts chapter 5, the same God yesterday, today, and forever do you know that when Ananias, you know the story in Acts 5, a man named Ananias, his wife was Sapphira, sold some property that was his and hers. It was their money to do with whatever they wanted to do. But a lot of people were donating very precious things to the church, and they decided that they'd do the same, but they, they presented a little offering but claimed it to be everything. It was just a lie. God struck him dead right on the spot. Sapphira comes in later not knowing what's happened, and she says, hey, we, we sold some property, and here's the church. Well, was it this amount of money? Yep, that's it. Gave the same story as Ananias. She falls dead. God struck him dead. Is that not a little extreme? What's the big deal? It's a little lie. What is the big deal? Let me give you two reasons why God is so motivated on this. Number one, to protect his own character. Put that up. Can you imagine? We've got people up here playing musical instruments that probably some of them have perfect pitch. I don't. Probably most of us here don't. They can be playing an instrument, and I think, well, that sounds great. But some of them will hear that and go, oh, no, no, that's painful to hear. It's just so out of tune. But their understanding, their 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 appreciation for the perfection of the beauty of that note, they hear just one small and it grieves them. They wince at the very sound of it. Can you imagine a holy God as God is? I mean, God cannot lie. Numbers 23, he can't lie. I mean, his whole self is that of perfection and truthfulness. This is the God who says, Look, my son is the truth. He is the truth, literally the truth. My word, Psalm 119, is the truth. So you would understand that God would go, oh, no. I mean, for my character, that I just wince. We get that. Maybe we get that. But here's what I want all of our young people for sure to get. God hates it for another reason. Because what it does to his people, his creation. I'm telling you, truth will ruin relationships. 
Do you know the two greatest pain experiences that I've had, the two greatest have come because of lies. I bet some of you have been hurt worse than you could ever imagine. It's been because of a lie. God knows what it does to a marriage. He knows what it does to a friendship. You know, at one time, one of my very, 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 very closest of friends will never be a close friend again. Oh, we've talked it through. We've done everything biblically. It won't be the same because he deceived me so badly. It hurt me so deeply. No, no, no. We'll be friends. But it'll never be what it used to be. God knows that. That's what happens when we just allow lack of truth to be a part of life. Do you know the, do you know the author of Proverbs? In chapter 6, he's talking about what God hates. And there's seven things he hates. Do you know that two of them are lying? Do you know that the author of Proverbs, when, when asked of God, what do you want? I'll give you anything, two things. Two things I ask of you. Do you know what he asked for one of them? Keep lies and deception far from me. He understood that lies and deception will absolutely destroy the foundation of a person's life. That's why he does it. He really cares about us. We got to know that. And therefore, he says, no, I'm going to prohibit it. And I'm going to put grave consequences when you do lie. Now, let me conclude. Let me conclude. Three questions. First question, any of us here habitually lying? Kind of letting it go and say, I know, I know it's not right, but I don't care. Is it just a habit now of lying? Well, let me tell you, the answer is not just stop it. That's not the answer. I think of marriage vows. There's some here that know that we took a vow. And the vow was to love our spouse. And some of us know I'm not loving my spouse. I know I I made the vow. I, I don't care. It's just become a way of life now. I just don't do it. There are people that took church vows. And they say, I know I don't keep those vows. I know that, but so be it. People have taken parental vows and their babies are baptized up here. Say, I'm going to pray with and I'm going to pray for my children. I'm going to pray with them. I'm going to instruct them the ways of God. I don't do that. But again, the answer is not just say, I'll start doing the right things. I'll stop doing the wrong things. That ain't going to work. Let me ask the second question. Anybody here living a lie? Living the lie that says, you know, I'm okay with God. I'm fine. I'm a good person. God will take care of me. I don't know. I know what the Bible says. I don't care. I'm, I'm okay. Just living a lie? No, 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 no. Anybody here thinking, you know what? I think, I think it's all right. I just live. I don't have to be different than other people to be a Christian. I don't have to live a life like that. I can be a Christian, live the way I want to live. That's a lie. So we don't want to lie, we don't want to live a lie. And thirdly, I ask this question. Any of you believing the lies that are told you by your own feeling? Any of your feelings telling you, particularly young people, you know what, you don't, you're not valuable. You're not athletic. You're not that intelligent. You're not beautiful. 
say, you know what, you don't, you're not valued that much. People don't love you because you're not lovable. How many of us listen to our feelings? How many people are in depression today because we're just listening to lies and we're saying, yeah, okay, I'll, listen, I'll embrace lies. No. We don't tell lies, we don't live lies, and we don't embrace lies. And God says, look, the truth, the truth will set you free. So what does this all do? It takes us back to Jesus. Where we started, it takes us back to Jesus. It's the only answer. I'm telling you, folks, the answer is not to say, stop it. Just stop it. I had a, a man that I spoke to this week. Good friend. Good friend. We go back a ways. They go to a different church. They've been here. He's been here. He's heard our teaching. And he says this. He said, I said, how's your church? How's that going where you are? He said, oh, it's the same message, Randy. Same message. Uh, good. He said, the only difference is they do self-help over there. That's what we do. We focus on helping ourselves be different. And my heart was grieved. Let me tell you, folks, don't ever let it be thought here that you can help yourself because it's not true. It's a lie. You can't help yourself because the nature cannot be changed. It's there, but it can be covered. It's covered by the righteousness of Christ. That's what we sang about in, this, in the auditorium this morning. It's covered. What's the answer? Oh, confess your sin. Absolutely. Always confess. Repent. Go back to the loving, open arms of a father who says, my love's enough for you. Go back to him. Yes. But really the answer in doing so is to run to the cross and say, Jesus, I count on you to cover me with your righteousness. And I'm so thankful that God then sees us. He doesn't see that ugly heart, the selfishness. You know what he sees? He sees the truth of his son who indwells us, covered in his righteousness. It gets no better than that. So yes, we confess. But then we say, God, you got to know this. I can't quit lying. I can't do it. But God, your spirit indwells me, and your spirit can empower me to change. So rather than me tell you I'm going to make me change, I'm going to come to you and say I can't, and I'm going to say you indwell me so you change me. And I invite you to do that right now. That's when you get empowered by God's Spirit within you. That's the way you live the Christian life. Not by willpower, by God's power. So let's all leave here going, hey, we found out three weeks ago we're all adulterers, all right? And we found out last week, we, we found out that, okay, we're all thieves, we steal, right? Now we just found out we're all liars. So what? What are we trying to cover? We're a mess, every one of us, aren't we? But we can have a mess covered by the righteousness of Christ and empowered by the Spirit of Christ. That's what makes us so valuable. Never forget it. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we pray that we would be a people who always look to you and we would say, we're sorry, were we trying to change us, thinking in our own power 
we can stop being bad. Lord, I thank you that you cover the bad. And then with your power, you working through us, you change who we are so that we lie less and less. We hold a truth. God, I pray for the many right now that are in the bondage that comes from lies. And I pray that the truth would set them free. I pray for those in addictions. I pray for those that are right now believing the lies of their, of their own feelings that have put them in places right now that are just having them bound. God, free them up right now. And I pray, Father, that as a result of this, that the freedom might lead to our ability to serve you and proclaim the goodness that you show through your son, Jesus. May we run to your cross and may we fall in love with you more and more. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the Perimeter Church Podcast. Perimeter Church is located at the corner of Highway 141 and Old Alabama Road in Johns Creek, Georgia. Please visit our website at www.perimeter.org for more information, to give us your feedback, and find other messages from our teaching team. Thanks for making this podcast a part of your day.